0: Everyone and welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. Here's your host, Mr.
1: Tyler Maraca. Uh, thank you, random stranger. Hey, everybody. The <laughs> the vacation is up. The two weeks away from the show went amazingly. I just focused on a lot of auditions, submitting for a lot of jobs and uh, just getting ready to work my butt off for the rest of the year. So, I hope all of you are ready for what's to come next. I put a bunch of episodes in the bank during those two weeks as well, so keep an eye out because I'm so excited to share every single episode with all of you, including this week's episode. In fact, you will hear me in the first, I don't know, 30 seconds of the actual interview, fanboying a little bit, which I don't usually do, but... I love this week's guest. Uh, she's just an amazing performer, and not only that, she's incredibly humble. And we had a really awesome conversation. It was far more informal than our usual conversations on this show, and I think it was for the better. We just had a really honest talk about, you know, getting started in the in the industry, navigating it, uh, what it's like working in the industry a couple of years ago to now, and just. What it's like being a, a creative professionally and trying to pay your bills that way. Uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was great. As you can see by the <laughs> the time code, I went well past our, our time limit, but that's because we just had such a great time chatting with each other. And I hope I can have her back on the show. Uh, of course, as you read by the title, I spoke to the wonderful Alex Esso, who a lot of you may have seen for the first time in 2014's Starry Eyes. You also may recognize her from anything that Mike Flanagan has done in the last five, six years, including Dr. Sleep, The Haunting of Blind Manor, Midnight Mass, and The Midnight Club, and she has more on the way. I can't wait to see what else she does. I'm so excited to bring her back on the show in the future, and yeah, I hope all of you really enjoy this chat. Oh, and before we get away from this intro, please, it's a new year, New Year's resolutions and all that. Sarah, if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to please ask, drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It only helps out the podcast even more for distribution. We're at a really awesome ranking right now, but uh, let's see how high we can get. Outside of that, everybody, I hope you enjoy this wonderful interview. It was amazing chatting with her. Now, let's sit down and have a chat with Alex Esso. (music)
2: Uh, hello, listeners. My name is Alex Esso, and I am an actress.
1: A really awesome actress. In fact, like, oh, a brilliant you. actress. How Should wow, I just like boost your you. ego right away? <laughs> Let the caffeine uh, just fuel know, it? That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I've been a fan of yours for, <laughs> no, for years, and I'm super glad you know wow. get to, to sit down and chat. But, dude, I want to see how did this start? for you? You know, how did you get into acting? That's always really fun to hear.
2: Well, I mean, it's kind of in my blood. Uh, My mother was a stage actress and uh, she, yeah. And (laughs) um, yeah. So, and she was uh, where I grew up. I grew up in on this like compound and uh, we had a, a community theater there that was fairly well Stocked like they had a you know a carpentry like set division, they would build these beautiful sets and make costumes, and it was like a pretty nice they would have some pretty great productions. But my mom was an actor and she would also direct and do choreography and dancing and stuff like that, so she was very much an entertainer performer, you know, of of the like five, six, seven, eight era, you know, (laughs) fame and all all that stuff. Bob Fosse is one of her heroes, and and rightfully oh so.
0: Yeah, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> but so I grew up with a lot of that. Um, uh, that coupled with just an innate cinephilia that I just had to like watch every video, taped video cassette my parents had, because all of our all of our media had to be taped and brought into the country. They there was like we only got two TV channels. So I just grew up just picking all of these crazy VHSs off my parents' wall and just watching them.
1: Oh, no way. Because you you were living in Saudi Arabia for most of your childhood, right?
2: Yeah, in Daffron.
1: Wow. Yeah. So I'm just picturing a wall of recorded VHS tapes with uh, masking tape and Sharpie, you know, titling on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your yes. what was your go-to uh as a kid like go-to tape that you loved more than any of the others did you have a favorite
2: i had a I, I had a few favorites at different times um but the top five off the top of my head uh dumbo number one now and forever that movie still makes me cry um but i have always have a soft spot for misfits and underdogs i guess <laughs> But, um, uh, labyrinth, I mean, anyone from any, any millennial is going to say labyrinth, I think.
0: <laughs> um,
2: but, but rightfully so. And I mean, it, you know, it, it ignited a lifelong, uh, desperate obsession with David Bowie. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all.
0: No, um, at all.
2: Wayne's World is responsible for a lot of my personality development um let's see what else well indiana jones i mean like a lot of that that stuff i would watch a million times victor victoria i don't know if you've ever seen that movie yeah a
1: while ago oh my god oh it's (laughs) wonderful it's one of my favorite and
2: i'm not like a musicals person necessarily there but there are some that i fucking love and victor victoria is definitely one of them
1: oh my god so you you had a uh plethora of genres to go to because I don't know when it comes to shipping VHS tapes and that kind of thing, I I could only imagine you know some limitations that could be there. People
2: taping whatever whatever was like in the movie theater or on TV. Like I remember when we first got a copy of Aladdin and we were watching it and there would be people getting up like in the middle (laughs) like in the movie theater. You'd see little silhouettes get up to go to the bathroom and I thought it was part of the movie. I thought it was like a funny thing that Disney was doing. <laughs> but then I noticed it on a couple <laughs> other movies as well.
0: I
1: was like, "So they're there are copies straight out of like,
0: trend. yeah, yeah it's exactly. like
1: the Greenwich Village Theater edition, you know?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: So, I, it
1: was, wow, dude, that's that's a crazy nice. way to start watching movies.
2: Yeah, although we also had. Because um, movie theaters were outlawed in Saudi. So we had one of the only movie theaters on our compound, which the, the, because my parents both worked for Ramco and that was mm. like, they built it special for that compound. Yeah. Oh, no. Way. So it was our movie theater and it was our stage theater. It was our multi purpose and our, our dance recitals and all that. So we had a lot of use out of that oh, place. God. Yeah.
1: So when, when did you think, I don't know like as as a kid or as a teenager you know you look at the screen and you go maybe that could be me or you know I want to do something like that was that a pretty instant feeling or? no
2: not really um I loved stage um a lot I actually wanted to be a painter and that's what I was going to I was I was actually going to go to university for fine art and then I decided I wanted to travel and model and uh cause I could travel if I did that. So, um, so I did that instead. Uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I did. I would never want to have to try and make it in the art world right now (laughs) (laughs) or ever. Honestly, it's, it's, it's it's a really tough place, but, um, but yeah, uh, I I think after the first time I saw the sandlot, was the first time I thought about like, wow, I would love to be in it. Like, that would be cool to be in that movie. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah, that would be fun, like playing baseball. And then I felt that way about like every sports film that I saw after that, like Little Giants or Mighty Ducks or, you know, or the other Bad News Bears.
1: Oh, I just oh, loved, I loved all that stuff. That I yeah, love sports that, That's, because uh, I think you and I, are about the same age and sandlot was uh, that's one yeah. of the pivotal moments in like yeah. my childhood watching it going i want to i want to create traps or things to like get the ball back i want to yeah. go spend a summer in the lot like that's insane
0: yeah right yeah or i just want to
2: <laughs> like act like i'm doing that yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you never tried to scale a fence with uh, flat shoes that make you run faster. The
2: summer, I don't want to spend a whole summer just playing baseball. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you know what? i'm no, so... oh, sorry, Go ahead. But but I
2: did but I did love sports movies a lot. That was like one of my favorite genres for a long time. Really? Oh, The well, league of their own. What the hell am I saying? That's like one of my formative movies
0: is yeah. a league of their own.
1: Yeah. Was it it was you, so good. Did you gear like closer towards a particular sport like baseball or is it just really any like inspirational sports story?
2: Uh, no, I mean, well, okay. So I did, <laughs> I liked baseball first, but only because the guy that I liked in first grade liked baseball and I bought like an Oakland A's hat. And some baseball cards, I had no idea who any of the players were, what any of the stats meant, or what the significance was, but I would just show up like, hey, (laughs) who you got? Oh, yeah, I got this guy. (laughs) It didn't work at all, by the way. I tried becoming friends with his sister, who was really great, and we became genuine friends, but, mm -mm, and he could draw Ninja Turtles better than anyone else in the class.
0: (laughs)
1: That's where he got you, wasn't it? Paul Walt's
0: house was his name. Do <laughs> you remember his name? Of course, I remember his name. It's my <laughs> I mean... first crush,
1: <laughs> buddy. This would be an amazing, like, first act of a comedy, like romantic comedy. Wouldn't
0: that be funny? Like,
1: seriously, <laughs> or just like
0: the opening
2: narration of, like, yeah, I've never been, <laughs> never,
0: <laughs>
2: never had much game, so to speak. <laughs>
0: Um, caves and <laughs> <point>. but <laughs> i
1: I'll say it right off the bat, oh, pun intended by the way, um maybe that is the most adorable thing I've ever heard in my entire life, like, seriously <laughs> <Thanks>. trying, to... <laughs> and so. So young to be doing that, too. Like, I'm going to... I know. I don't know know.
0: if that's a good thing or not, though. (laughs) Is that a good sign? I don't know.
1: (laughs) I mean, you are still your own person now, right? Like, you're not obsessed with baseball. You're not trying to chase that feeling.
2: (laughs) God, no. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Not at all. But but I do get lost in love. That is true about me. For better or for much, much worse. That's... (laughs) That's kind of like so. That aspect of me hasn't changed. Yeah, for sure. I tried singing to him. Oh, it's, oh, it's like hurts bringing it up, but it's so so good. It hurts so good. <laughs> really, uh, like the first the first stage thing I ever did. I was an understudy for Cosette in Les Mis. Oh wow! And yeah, and my mom was doing the choreography for it. And I mean, I you know, I was an understudy. I was like six years old so it
0: wasn't
2: like, <laughs> right yeah so i it wasn't like they weren't it, it, looking back it probably was them being like oh yeah you can have a part like you can have a thing to do you can sing this song and i said i practiced that song until my ears bled and I tried singing it to him, and he yelled at me to shut up. And honestly, oh. I probably would have done the same thing if I was him. They're <laughs> like, yeah, you're singing at me. It's very uncomfortable.
1: Please <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm guessing in a public place, too. Or were you That's guys... That's
0: cool. That's
1: oh. cool. Yeah. Oh. I, had
0: like no, I
2: had no... Like I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Never, and that also has never changed. I still like am. I have like an amazing ability to put my foot in my mouth it, when it is so easy not to. When it's so easy not to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's part of your charm, though. Like, that's, my god! I, I you that's know what? Awesome. I am
2: lucky that this whole awkward thing has become charming, or people say it's charming anyway.
0: Yeah.
2: Because if not, I would, I wouldn't be able to go out around people.
0: Oh, I like,
2: I, oh, isn't that sweet? You can't think of what to say. And I'm like, yeah, but I, yeah, but I don't know. Uh, is it, it, just because uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will say you're not alone in that camp at all. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, you know, also feel that. Uh, I go through that anytime there's a like a press party or something or you have to go to like a, an award oh show goodness, and you have to go yeah. meet and greet well because okay. also
2: like i'm not good at, at being full of shit yes so it's hard for me to behave <laughs> like oh my god everything is amazing i, I just like everything indiscriminately <laughs> and oh the thing you said it was sounded so clever Like, i can't i can't I, it's so hard for me to do that. It's so hard for me to, like, I don't know. Not honor the social kind. Con- like, I'm not rude. I don't I don't. No, 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 no. want to be disrespectful to people. It's just hard to, like, put on a mask. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I really totally feels it. so
2: horrible and awkward. Yeah. So <laughs> it's. Oh, man. And the pandemic did not help with that at all.
1: Yeah, do you feel more awkward now? Like, especially with in-room auditions coming back, that kind of thing? Like, there's just that <laughs> tick there, or?
2: Yeah, it, you know what's funny? It's almost like it's gotten to a point where I've made peace with it, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. um, I remember listening to Jordan Peterson talk about social anxiety yeah. and the nature of social anxiety and how it operates. And one of the main things he said was, don't think about yourself think about the people you're talking to think about the people around you if if your goal is to make the other person comfortable and to show genuine interest in them you you can't feel awkward because you're not in your head which is where a lot of awkwardness comes from and you know we as actors and artists live in our head and in our fantasy world and in our little whatever things our la la lands and uh, and it really, really, really helped me a lot hearing him say that because that, like with acting, that makes complete sense to me. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. My favorite. I've, I've studied all the techniques, but my favorite is Meisner for that very reason. Mm. The whole point of Meisner is to get out of your head, which I feel the method puts a lot of people, and make everything about your partner. And what you want to do to them and how you want to make them feel and what you want to get from them. And if you do that, and and if you do that, and if your goal is to make them look good, too, you cannot lose. You can't can't be like, oh, what do I do with my arms? Acting 101, (laughs) what do I do with my arms? And it is, everyone goes through that. I don't know what to, because we're in our heads and we're like, I look stupid. I don't want to do my arms, I look stupid. I don't want everyone to see how stupid I look. But you have to want everyone to see how stupid you look. You have to want everyone to see it, you know. Yeah. I do think that there are a lot of people who get into acting because they want the shine and they do want like attention and image and and you know all of those things are very important to them. But a lot of other people who do do it for the purpose of exploration and revelation and all of that do it, I think, more so to hide to forget themselves, to remove themselves from their ego, and to embrace something that is much greater than them, you know, this, this, I mean, not to get too airy-fairy about it, but this, this sort of Jungian idea of unified field, the universal truth, the great thing that allows everyone to relate to each other, that is the thing that I feel like We're looking for that we're meant to look for, I guess, or that should at least be the goal, you know, to surprise even ourselves with what um, we
0: discover, you know, and to share that.
1: I think that's perfectly well said, because it's going back to the, you know, getting out of your head. And most of us actors want to hide within a character and allows us to just explore in ways we never thought were even possible to the point where you almost you almost black out during a a scene oh my god or
2: or all kinds of shit can happen to you yeah yeah because it's dangerous because (laughs) it is dangerous it goes against every natural instinct that we have as a human being every every protective instinct that we have our ego is there to protect us it's there to say no you don't want to feel bad you don't want to experience anything bad you don't want to ever you know and we run towards those those feelings <laughs> we run towards <laughs> those those things especially especially in modern acting which which can be very dangerous and irresponsible yeah the method which is which is how i feel about it i mean it's it's i think Strasbourg was the most irresponsible And the most ego-driven, which is ironic, considering what he teaches. He teaches this whole thing about resistance and ego death and your ego is not your friend, but I own you. You can't do it without me. You can't do it without the method. You can't do it without the teacher. You know, Marilyn Monroe had a method teacher following her around everywhere, making sure she took all her pills and all that shit you know the Strasburg um family owns her estate they own the marilyn monroe estate so,
1: real i had no idea about that
0: yeah isn't that interesting wow mm-hmm. yeah
1: what the hell yeah th- it's amazing yeah the dark side of history
2: Hollywood. <laughs> yeah it no it is and the, and the and the and the problem with with the method is that it encourages people to go to very dark psychological places that the instructor themselves don't know anything about that most psychologists don't know anything about and there are actors and it is documented actors who have not come back from that because if you do have real trauma you need real therapy for that yes. and acting is not therapy by any stretch of the imagination it can Absolutely feel cathartic <laughs> it can feel like oh yes i'm i'm facing my fear of being in front of people and i'm overcoming something and i'm overcoming my my ego and my demons to get to this and to get to that the goal is art mm-hmm. the goal is not health the goal is not to be healthy the goal is to express honestly and if you can't do that in a safe way it you you will lose the control you'll lose the mm-hmm. reins this is yeah. all unexplored territory in here. For the most part, we know almost nothing about our own brains. Yeah, you know, except except what the lobes are called,
0: <laughs> except, <laughs> except how memories are stored, <laughs> <laughs> and you know.
1: <laughs> well, that that brings up an interesting question. I mean, I've I'm based out of Denver, Colorado. I work all over the United States for different jobs, and I meet yeah. you know certain people within the acting industry but you know moving to LA or New York whole new roster of of talent out there as you were coming up I mean did you run into people who were channeling that really dangerous methodology early on I mean did yeah. you run into anybody like that
0: Oh yeah
2: well I mean the thing is so so I I I I, I even in the classroom even studying it you can see it happen in happen in class True. um And again, you know, it's the only, the method is the only technique that I find really encourages teacher worship. Like Meisner is about, you got to learn how to act so that you can work. The point of class is to work, to go out and book jobs, not to be the best actor in your class and to get a pat on the head from your teacher. You know, this is a business. And every Meisner teacher I've ever had has 'Cause I, I took the court I took the full two year course one point nine times I was working for my second graduation. <laughs>
0: so that
2: really sucked. <laughs> but basically twice. Um and all of them always talk about the industry as well. Auditioning, how to conduct yourself, set etiquette, how to talk to casting directors. Those are also very, very important things to learn. Um And that's what I like about Meisner is that it's very pragmatic and very applicable. Mm. You practice it, you get into a place where it's second nature to you, and then you can always default to it if the magic isn't happening. Because if the magic is happening, you don't need technique, you don't need anything. You're in the moment, you've done your work, it's in your body, you just go. You don't think about anything. The technique is there for when you're like, oh God, I'm all seized up and I can't get Into like I just can't get into the thing, no matter how many times I practice or how well I know my lines, it just doesn't. Your body just won't wake up. Sometimes, sometimes it just won't. And if you're a chick and it's that time of the month and you're like me and it's really bad, you get what I call period brain, which is basically like you've been lobotomized for a couple days.
0: Where you're just like like that because your hemoglobin is low.
2: Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's okay. It's not, it's not the end of the world. I, I don't need that much. I don't need so much sympathy, but I do appreciate it.
1: <laughs> it was, it was um, genuine concern. But it is, no, no, I, I can like, tell. Are That's you okay?
2: I'm, I'm like, <laughs> it's really okay. It's not, you know, I, I'm an actor. I'm being hyperbolic,
0: but. Uh, <laughs> no. But it is, <laughs> but, uh,
2: but yeah, like that, but that, it happens. Shit happens. Yeah. You, you, I have to kiss this person and I'm not attracted to them. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because the story is more important than your kissing preference. You
0: know what I mean?
2: Like, yeah. that—that's Those are the moments where you're like, okay, I have to use my technique now. Do I still have a job to do. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like people have been so enchanted by The legend of method and oh this person did this to get into the part and this person did this and they gained weight and they lost weight and they washed dishes and they ran marathons and all this and that is can sound very impressive
0: to people who
2: haven't studied acting and and don't know what the purpose of it is and that you know there are parts of it that are like work (laughs) like there are parts of acting that are scales. You got to do your scales as well. It's not all just, oh, just, I'm just pure expression. And it just, whatever flows through me is no, you got to like construct the playground and play on that. It's not about doing whatever you like. And I, it, it's it's funny because this idea of total artistic freedom because I hear a lot of actors talk about stuff like that and 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 the, the freedom of doing this and doing that and pure expression and all of this. You are you are beholden to a script. You do have limitations. And I would argue that those limitations are a very good thing artistically. It is it is good to have something to work against. If someone gives you a canvas and says okay paint whatever you want just paint anything whatever you're gonna sit there for eight hours i oh no i mm, don't i don't like that (laughs) you know but if
0: someone says paint me
2: a portrait of your mother that's gonna get really specific yeah and that's what will save actors every time is specificity being very specific in your choice that's why these, these limitations are good things. It's, 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 it's a, it's a good way to look at it. And I feel like I'm kind of soapboxing a little bit here. It's probably from the caffeine, but,
0: but anyway,
1: no, no, it's it's the, if I, my, I moved all my acting books to the other side of the office I'd show you my stack of Meisner copies, but uh, it's, I mean, my studio does the same thing where it is industry, finding work, getting into the work, developing specificity yeah. and acknowledging that. And I'm really curious, you know, your are one of your first credits is on one of my favorite TV shows, Reaper. Uh, so from that to like Starry Eye. <laughs> <I, laughs>
0: oh, my God. Oh
1: I, I want to know, like, how did you approach you a job like Reaper? Uh, with you know, uh, let's say lack there of um, you know, educational applications through Meisner. If you hadn't mm-hmm. gone through it yet, compared to like Starry Eyes, where you're in a leading role and yeah. you have that education behind you, what what were the differences that at least you can recall from those two? Uh, oh, two I recall of your that career. very
0: well. I recall Reaper very,
2: <laughs> very, very well. It was my very first time on a professional set. I was. 19 or 20 and um i mean the role was not i i didn't even have any lines i was a bride yeah so you know someone walks in and i'm there and i'm like ah! and then the guy that they're chasing climbs out from under my bridal gown because he was hiding under there and then i was like because ah! i didn't know he was there <laughs> 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 and uh, and that's it. And that's my, you know, that's my big moment on Reaper. But the biggest impression that was made on me on that job was craft services. I'd never seen craft services before. I'd never seen catering before. The idea of I can order whatever I want from the truck and you guys are going to make it for me. I couldn't even think I like I, I had to take a minute while I was putting <laughs> things in my pockets <laughs> to subsist on
0: for the next couple months. <laughs> <laughs> anything i want can i have five cheeseburgers thanks sweet <laughs> can i come back tomorrow and just hang out <laughs> exactly.
2: so so what you know I, for something like that I, i'm not i'm not constructing a character for that yeah you know i'm on i'm on screen for 30 seconds i don't have to do that in order to tell the story for, for for something that brief. Um, now, I guess I did some other, like, I did a lot of stage in Vancouver and, like, some a couple short films. I made a couple of short films, actually, with a writing partner of mine um, that are still online. What? And uh, I learned a lot from that as well. Yeah, he was going to VFS and I was going to my acting school, which was, like, around the corner. I did not study acting at VFS. And if you are serious about acting, anyone out there, don't study acting at a film school. Don't do it. They don't know shit about acting at VFS. (laughs) It really, it's like a high school course, then they're just going to bilk you for like $50,000. So don't do it. Also, everyone at VFS, a bunch of spineless Philistines, as far as I'm concerned as well. I'm going to go on record saying that. Those people don't care about art. They care about bureaucracy
1: and money. Ah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Um. But anyway, sorry. I had to. I take every opportunity I can to like VFS.
1: No, I love it. Keep it going. <laughs> um, but. Uh,
2: <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Um. And so you know. Sorry, eyes when that I came along. I, I had already been in LA for a few years. I had had. Again, like tiny little parts on things like, oh, I'm model number one on House of Lies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I'm like girl in the checkout line, fucking <laughs> <laughs> whatever. And so when Star Eyes came along, you know, it, it, it gained traction and funding as it went on. But when it first started, it was being made for like 15K on on um. Not GoFundMe, but the other one. Kickstarter.
0: Kickstarter. Okay, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I thought it was just some, like, rinky-dink student film or something. Uh, especially when I got to the first audition, because it was me and, like, 30 other girls, and we all had the same call time. And I was like, amateur hour. <laughs> Which is me. You know, I've done fucking nothing at that point. But still, I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, let's look at these sides, because I got the sides when I got there. I went in, I did it, I didn't, like, do my best work ever, and mm-hmm. actually, you can see it on the DVD, there's an extra, because uh, they asked me if they could include my first audition, and I was like, only if you include my second audition. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the first <one's> so bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, But... <laughs> I gotta check that out now. Oh, it's. Oh I man. love first it auditions. It to me and I was like, "Oh, worse than Really?
2: <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I can't watch myself do anything, but, but yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not there. It's not like, and I'm not taking it as seriously as I took it the second time after I had actually read the script because I hadn't read the script when I went in for the first one. I thought it was just again. I had no. I thought it was just some Kickstarter Kickstarter horror movie that my crappy agent got, because he would just throw stuff at the wall and see what stuck. (laughs) So I, I, but then they had the second round of auditions at a casting house that I was working at. I worked just in admin and my job, well, one of my jobs um, was to upload all the audition videos from castings there. Um, Yes. um that is a job I do recommend (laughs) if if nothing else so that you can see what casting directors see and you can get some kind of insight into what their job is like because I'll tell you man watching some of these auditions it's like why do you even want to act seriously I'm not even saying this to be catty and seriously like why do you want to act if you have no intention of taking this seriously, like one girl showed up with uh, an iPad that she held and looked at and read off of the whole audition.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay.
2: So we know that you can stand and read something off of a page. That's great, but that's not what we need. Oh my God. (laughs) It It was really incredible. Like some of the stuff and, 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 and you also get to see, you know, like there were, and there were a couple that were good and you could be like, Ooh,
0: that was a good choice. Yeah. Like yeah keep an eye out yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> um, So anyway, so the second round of auditions, the casting director called me back in and told me it was a callback. It was not a callback. It was a brand new round of auditions because they didn't find who they wanted last time and they didn't want to bring me back. <laughs> And she snuck me in. She brought me back anyway. She saw something and wanted to explore it, I guess. And so the second time I had read the script and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, this is a good script. And then I was like, okay, like, this character is really cool too. Like, I can actually construct something with this map of her now. So when I went in the second time, I was like, okay, so I read the script. And <laughs> and I know all the references you're making and I could see possession and Rosemary's baby and all that, and all this stuff. And they're both sitting there like, why are you here again? <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> why did you come back?
2: They didn't say that. They didn't say it. they were very, very
0: Oh, very, good.
1: Like, okay. I was really concerned for a like, second. Oh,
2: okay. And, like looking at each other, like, Oh, that's great. <laughs> and then I did the second audition. And then I got a call saying, you know, can we go for coffee? Because after my second audition, it was between myself and uh, a girl who had an audition. She had worked with uh, the producer before and she had um, uh, a much higher IMDb rating than I did. So the director wanted to have coffee with me and get more of a beat on me before they made their decision. And I'm so glad that he did because (laughs) I was like, yes we're going to meet up and I'm going to tell you exact that I understand exactly what you're going for. And I've seen, I know exactly every reference that you're making. And the thing that clinched it was the fact that I had seen possession and it was one of my favorite horror films. And, and her performance was one of my, it is remains one of my favorite performances in a movie ever. I mean, it's, it's so like, that is what, That is what freedom within limitation looks like. Mm -hmm. Is her performance in that film? But I think the fact that he knew that I had seen her and that specifically I knew about the subway scene in that film.
1: Oh my god, that's I.
2: I know it's beautiful. Oh god, it's so good. Um, but I was like, I know that that's what you're going for, and he was like, Yes, it is. And then three months later, I got the job.
1: Three months, yeah. <laughs> oh my god,
2: <laughs> well, because, because they had their own thing with like funding and doing stuff, that yeah, had nothing to do with casting.
1: But did you have any uh, like correspondence between like during those three months? Mm, no, <laughs>
0: oh. no, um, but. Th-
2: and and I was like, ah, that sucks. Like I felt yeah. so good about that one, but you can't really go beyond that when it comes to auditioning. You just yeah. can't.
1: Especially after you like know? closer to like two months in, you start to go, well, okay, that's that's in the past. What's what's going to come up next? I've 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 forgotten right. about yeah. that.
2: I have to move on. To the, I, exactly. I I can only move forward. You yeah. can't dwell on stuff and take stuff personally. Yeah. It's such a waste of time. Really it's such a waste it's... of your time.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Even if it is personal. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Still, it's, like you said, maybe it's you business. look like the producer's ex-girlfriend. That sucks. Sorry <laughs> that that happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I once got too ethnic once.
2: I, I I got not ethnic enough a couple times. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The yeah. People have an idea in their head of what they want
1: they're trying to find a scale. That's why I love the idea of like right. You know, like, actors who've changed their mind of the, of those who are casting like no, this is who you want now, you know.
2: And the thing is, you know, as an actor, you do have something to prove. You have everything to prove. You know, this idea of like, "Oh, I don't have anything to prove and I'm this person and I'm that person and I'm so great and whatever." Go fuck yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's not that's not uh artistic integrity, yeah you know, yeah that's uh Emperor's new clothing them
1: it's not uh bringing in an iPad and reading <laughs> straight from the screen.
2: I couldn't
0: believe what I was seeing, I couldn't believe it. I was like that. Oh my god. It, it she came in with... Mind. Oh my god, I forgot! That, this, is, this is the craziest what? thing! So she's holding an iPad in
2: one arm like this, yeah. reading it. She has a full cast on this arm.
0: A full cast! I heard them the taping. like, when are you supposed to get the cast off? She's like, oh, like another three months, and they're like, oh, okay, well...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why are you
0: here? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> we're shooting before then at the time you see but but
2: it, no it's it's really it's really amazing um yeah i also once saw and this is this is one thing that i do love about la is that you can find anything there you can find the craziest shit there my neighbor of all people my neighbor who's not even in the industry had a VHS copy of all of the auditions for
0: Girl Interrupted.
1: How? How did what just at like a garage sale? And someone left it in the. Like... I
0: have, she like got it from a friend
2: of a friend of a friend. <laughs> which is how most things happen there. Yeah. Wow. And I watched that shit too. I watched the whole goddamn thing. And I'll tell you what, there's no one else but Angelina Jolie who could have been cast as that part. No oh. one who read anyway. Like you, and you can really see it. And these are there, there are actors, there are a lot of good actresses auditioning for this who are good in a lot of stuff. But you can see, like, but that audition wasn't good. That audition wasn't strong. Cause no one is, even your favorite actor is not good all the time. Yeah. Except for Daniel Day Lewis. But he only makes one movie every seven years. So (laughs) (laughs) he's an anomaly. He makes shoes the rest of the time.
1: Um,
0: <laughs>
1: oh my god. I, I do want to ask you about uh you know I, I mean we'll jump from you know we got starry eyes we got Dr. Sleep love Dr. Sleep into flanagan's numerous amazing projects especially like Midnight Mass. Oh, yes. Do you do you still feel like you have uh, if you ever had it cuz I know a lot of people still do. Uh did you ever have or do you still feel like an imposter when it comes to like joining these bigger projects or you know, joining a, a big film like Dr. Sleep, do you, do you, did you ever have imposter syndrome? I should ask you that first. Um, and if you did get over that, how did, how did that work? Yes. That's always really intriguing.
2: Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword on the one hand. I have always had imposter syndrome. Um, not as far as my intentions go but just every time I see myself on screen I'm just like why do why why, why? like I don't see it like but but it, I'm sure it's also like when you try to tickle yourself it doesn't yeah. make you laugh you know what I mean yeah it's kind of <laughs> that's just <laughs>
1: I don't get it but it's just an I'll awkward moment you. on a bus
0: <laughs> right exactly
2: but at the same time I auditioned like everyone else. And that was it. I didn't have a friend or an uncle or a boyfriend or anyone. It was just work, just auditioning. So in that regard, in that in, on that hand, I don't feel like an imposter because I feel like my efforts have been validated and and validated by someone who really cares about storytelling and really likes
0: actors
2: (laughs) you know and 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 picks good ones so you know the fact that i would be counted among them is 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 simultaneously humbling and validating or humbling because it is validating you know um so yeah, I guess I don't know if that answers your
0: question.
1: No, no, it does. I I uh I love asking you know any actor I talk to that particular question because it's you know uh anyone can have imposter syndrome. If you get over it, that's great, but if you don't get over it, it's just, you know, it's just something that will always keep your feet well, to the ground, you know.
2: Also, I think it, you can look at it as like a a <laughs> a a too much of, or, or a consistent imposter syndrome that you maintain is another form of narcissism.
1: Ooh, that's good.
2: It's still, it's still, you're just focused on yourself and your image and how you're coming across and, and that, and that's, it's not out of your control. You can't control really your image or how you come across ultimately and most of the people that try really, 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 really hard to are narcissists, <laughs> you know? And and again, yeah. like, there is a, to- a, a whole faction of, especially Western culture, that has started liking narcissists and narcissism. They've become attracted to people who talk about how great they are all the time without actually doing anything that merits that. Hmm. Um, and... They like it, I guess, because I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's because you know the the American
0: dream is kind of morphed from you can make yourself anything to what I don't remember where I was going with this. <laughs> but
2: I but 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 I I I do feel like it's it's uh. Oh, wait, i sorry. I, I found it again. It's this idea of, I
0: oh, know I lost it again. No, wait, I'm going to find this because it's this idea that as opposed to making yourself
2: into something, it's instead better to get as much as you can for doing as little as possible. Hmm. And that doing anything that's hard is undesirable and doing things that are easy are desirable. And that if you are in a position where you're doing as little as you can and getting as much in return as you can, that's a good thing. And that's something that we should all admire and aspire to and all of this. And, and I feel like that is creeping in, well, (laughs) I'm creeping in. What am I saying? I feel like that has started to take over the realm of acting as well. Where, especially on, especially in the big leagues, especially when it comes to, like, the serious, like, money stuff, the things that are very commercial, very mainstream, it's not really about looking for something different or new. It's about seeing what works and making a thousand copies of it. Yeah.
1: Keep printing the money.
2: Yeah. Yeah. literally yes exactly exactly it's it's moved from art to commodity and actually david lynch was was saying something about that i mean he he's always kind of had that attitude about hollywood and and commercial films but especially now i i I don't even want to try to paraphrase because he put it so brilliantly but but it's something that's worth checking out um and it can be kind of disheartening at times Because it's it's I was actually reading this article about um, nepotism babies, this nepo baby thing that's become a very popular trend (laughs) Um, where, you know, people are like, you are where you are because you were born into it and you didn't have to work for any of it. And, you know, on the one hand, uh, hey, understand that frustration. You know, I've had to jump through a lot of fucking hoops that a lot of people haven't. Who are very famous have not had to jump through. Um now, if you're really good at what you do and you're really dedicated and you really love it, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you're Rich or <laughs> if mommy and daddy is a studio exec or whatever. I mean, again, Daniel Day Lewis comes from a very wealthy family. Colin Firth comes from a very wealthy family, Tilda Swinton comes from a very wealthy family, but they're all brilliant artists. There's only one of them. No one else can do what they do. No one else can do what Tilda Swinton does. She's the only one. That's why she works so much. is because she is such a master. And if you're a master, great. But if this is just the you show, where making a movie is just an extension of your brand, then I have no respect for you. <laughs> I don't care if you're Hollywood royalty or not. Um, and. But that ha- even that has become like a sensational thing. Oh, it's this, it's this person. I'm going to go see it because it's this person. They have a, a legacy that I recognize or whatever. What a novelty. But that's, that's the reason why the interest is there. It's not because, oh, you know, I saw uh, the French Connection. So I can't wait to see The Exorcist because the first one was so amazing, you know, or like, oh man, uh, uh, Julius Avery, someone I just worked with, his first short film, Jerry Can, brilliant, amazing, like like, like dogma-esque, dogma filmmaking is, is what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <Just in case>. <laughs> um, <laughs> so gorgeous. And I have followed him since then because of that. That's why I follow people. That's why I like Tilda Swinton. It's not because of a name or anything. That's why I like Laura Dern. It's not because of her dad at all. It's because Laura Dern is a genius. She's an acting genius and she does it for real and she cares about it. She's about She's legit. That's why. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, but to like anything for such a superficial reason, I feel, is just going to corrode. The integrity of what we do so Hopefully. i don't know i feel like i'm being such a little black rain cloud
1: right now <laughs> no no you're, you're but uh, I, we were talking about it before we were recording it's just like we we're this yeah. open honest conversation of just whatever yeah comes up, I, well,
0: I, comes up. yeah
2: that's true <laughs> i can't i mean honestly i'm gonna say it anyway so i may as well yeah. not fret
0: about it
1: i mean this is this is but. an audience Primarily, for you, I mean, uh, most people who listen to this are in the entertainment industry or want to be in the yeah. entertainment industry, so it's it's good right. so to yeah, have so these
2: you guys all know what I'm talking about the, yeah. there there are some things that are just empirically true about Absolutely. That. and the, and the, and there is like a, so anyway, in that article, they interviewed a few casting directors who remained anonymous, of course, mm-hmm. but she was saying, you know i I feel like a lot of actors that come in now don't really know what acting is. But because they're booked on their name or their brand, they still make projects, and then people watch those projects, and then they think that that's what acting is. So now the audience doesn't really know and and the thing and that, that's not to say that audiences are stupid. they're not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you show something that's mediocre and you tell people that it's great or that it's a masterpiece, Generally, people are going to go along with that, like The Emperor's New Clothes, which is absolutely a sign of our times. Hmm. Um, I think the most interesting films are being made in Europe, and the most interesting acting is being done in Europe. Straight up. (laughs) I feel like America definitely had its acting renaissance, um, but it's, it's, it's not motivated by the same things as it was. And that's why it suffers. And that's why so many things look the same, sound the same. Um, I've said this before, but I've even now noticed that there are patterns to the way actors act. This is this scene. So this is how everyone acts. So this is how I act too. There's no revelation. There's no risk. Mm -hmm. There's no bravery. It's just connecting dots. And I can't watch that. I can't yeah. be sad. E- e- even if the show is about a subject that I like. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's... it's like, you know, I could be friends with a guy and we could like all the exact same things. I still may not want to kiss him. I still may just be like, ugh, I don't <laughs> want to kiss you. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. It's not going to happen.
2: And he may feel that way about me. Oh, you're so cool. We get along somewhere. Oh, no. no, no, no. I don't want to kiss you, though. Yeah it's like a a barrier it's either good or it's not
1: well it's like peeling back uh the the panel you know within your your tv if you're watching whatever streaming service and watching whatever tv show movie or whatever and looking at the algorithm and then just seeing like the outline of the show hit those algorithm points to keep those numbers boosting you go okay that's why this is the way it is (laughs) oh
2: god well that's what was so did you see the third the most recent season of Barry?
1: I did. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's the closest. It's the closest anyone has come to like, even the acting class. Yeah. Yeah. Not exact, but the closest, the closest and Henry Winkler. Oh my God. But again, the whole thing we've, we've the algorithm says that if someone is eating a dessert in the first episode, that people will watch the rest of the show like that kind of shit
1: and Barry's eating a donut in the first shot. Right, and you
2: watch that and you're like, huh, that's ridiculous, huh, what a funny joke. That is how these decisions are being made because most of the content creators are tech companies.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: It's not, this is not, I mean, you know, of course, you know, old Hollywood and the 70s and, you know, it's always been wrought with depravity (laughs) and endangered <laughs> you know but there was a time there was a time where people were seeking out quality you know when yeah. they knew what quality was to seek out you know you would have a show and neil simon would write the script bob fossey would choreograph it um uh, 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 sondheim would do all the music and you know it it would be all everyone at the top of their game, established, established screenwriters, established people all working on a project together. And even then sometimes <laughs> you know, you never know. Yeah. Even then sometimes it wouldn't work out. But that's not how things are made now. That nothing is crafted. It's like, oh yeah, we have these eight people from all these different places and they're all gonna make a show together about one thing. And we have to take all of their ideas, we have to include all of them, which is great in a kindergarten class <laughs> where everybody gets a turn. But the point is not for everyone to get a turn. The point is to create something of value. Now you can argue that acting has never truly, fully never fully been a meritocracy. you could yeah. um. And you can go back and, I I mean, I can think of examples decades back of like, oh, I don't know why you were famous, but but that's not an excuse. (laughs) That's not an excuse to then pervert it even more. The point is to walk it back. To make it as much of one as possible. Yes, people's girlfriends and nieces will always make their way into projects. Because that's what humans do. Humans do that. Humans help out the people they love. Then that's it. Now some people have uh, some degree of altruism to them. And will say, I help out the people I love. But I also care about my fellow man. And some people say, I help out the people I love. And everyone else can go straight to hell and both of those people exist in every industry in every social stratus people making decisions it's all yeah. like that so you know but it but at least if we could at least if the audience could be honest at least if we could say if we could say no we didn't like that well like like the 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 2012 or 20 14 ghostbusters
1: oh the um the paul Fiege the christian
0: wig and yes. yeah
1: yeah melissa mccarthy yeah, yeah yeah oh my god
2: unwatchable tripe i it was awful it was awful it, it maybe revenge that's
0: riding.
1: that's exactly what I, I, I laughed that i
2: laughed once i laughed once
1: do you remember At what?
2: Nosebusters. It was the headline that said Nosebusters, and it was uh, Kristen <laughs> Wake punching that guy in the face, and I went, <laughs> and that was the only time I laughed. The whole time. <laughs> but and, and this is this is amazing. So actually, I, I may have to recant what I said about audiences have to make their opinions known because they do on Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave that movie 74%, the audience gave it
1: 3%. Was it that low? Yes. I don't think I ever I never looked incredible. at the audience. Maybe it was like one.
2: maybe it was like 23%. It was something that was embarrassingly low. Yeah. Embarrassingly low. The people spoke and no one listened. They're like, "No, but you're supposed to like it though." Well, we don't. Well, there's something wrong with you if you don't like it. Well, yeah. go fuck yourself. How about you write something that's funny? Instead of a big two hours of finger wagging. Like, really, you're gonna kill the main monster by all four of you shooting it in the dick. I really
1: totally forgot about that part. It's so lame. I totally Like
2: it's so it's so it's such obvious, like uh, what like revenge writing. Like, yeah, all four of us learn it shit, right its dick. Like that is just what, what what I feel. And the reason I dislike it so much and the reason I feel it's so lame is because I feel that it insults my intelligence as an mm. audience member. I feel insulted by it. I feel like this is not a pantomime. Like I feel like it's the same as them holding up sock puppets, talking to each other.
1: Like this is what you're supposed talking. to feel. This is how we're, you know, this is what this we is what
2: you, you like. Know. This yeah. is what you like now. You like yeah. this. You think it's funny. No, I don't. Well, something's wrong with you. Well, no.
1: <laughs> well, what's if what's funny the, I will ask. What's the last comedy you watched that you genuinely or if there's a comedy that you genuinely love?
2: There's so many. Well, the Big Lebowski.
0: Oh, that's a good
2: one. It's the best. And the re- and and it's a, it's a it, you know, I'm sure it's a very common comedy choice. But the reason it's so good and the reason that I love using it as an example is because Mm. there is no message. No one learns anything. No one changes for the better. There's no moral to the story at all.
0: Nothing. (laughs) It just goes like this.
2: (laughs) And I feel that way about about most of of the Cohen Brothers comedies, honestly.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I love uh did you ever see O. C and Stiggs, the Robert Altman film?
1: Oh, it's years like this, ago.
2: Yeah. It's like
1: Oh uh, my god. This
2: eighties <laughs> high school comedy yeah. directed by Robert Altman. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's so funny. Um <laughs> recently, uh I don't know if it's meant to be a comedy, but Triangle of
1: Sadness i wanted to see that is it is it worth worth a view? it's
2: very funny it's not my favorite ruben osland i think the square is his best but i thought force majeure was also absolutely brilliant yeah as well um but the square is my favorite The square is so good
1: i uh i know you've worked with him in midnight mass but since uh, this is gonna sound really dorky since i watched uh, the special features for X-Men 2 and found out Terry Notary did the movement from Nightcrawler. I've been the Terry biggest admirer of his. He, he's a he's, genius.
0: Yeah.
2: And he's a very good soul. Like he he he's another person who understands acting and yes. movement. And acting on a much deeper level than most people. Like yeah. and and body movement is so important in acting, being connected to your body. You know, not letting yeah. your body get in the way, not allowing your body to shut down on you <laughs> when you're acting, you know, these are all very important things.
1: Yeah. Well, so, this, has, yeah. this has come up a lot on this show. Uh, and I'm interested to see what you, uh, what your response is because, you know, you do, you do work a lot. You've built this career. You're, you're, you know, picking up projects here and that you're just, you're going to different characters, different places, different mindsets, different emotions. What, helps you kind of let go of all of that you know what do you do outside of you know your job that allows you to just enjoy life and be free and not think about it for you know a couple oh. hours out of the day
0: um
2: uh you know it's funny it's it's actually very easy for me to drop it
0: <laughs> at the end of the day I'm like oh it's quitting time <laughs> <Woo. New laughs> my mic.
1: Peace. <laughs> Makeup wipe over the face. That's my All twelve right.
0: hours. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Seriously, if there was a card to punch, I would happily just.
1: <laughs> yeah. Shut it off. Yeah. Like, do you oh. do you have any uh any hobbies or anything like that?
2: Oh yeah. Um. Well, I play music. Uh. That was my. That was my. I always joked that that was my plan B.
1: <laughs> painting.
2: <laughs> yeah, music. Well, painting. <laughs> painting would be like number four something like Oh, that. <laughs> um, that's something i just do because i love it but yeah um but yeah i played um i was in a couple bands i had a solo thing i keep threatening to release the cp that i recorded a couple of years ago before the pandemic but uh, why not ah, I'm so
0: Nervous. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <laughs>
2: I listen to it. I'm like, this is a like, good.
1: Yeah, but that's just you listening to your own I know. stuff.
2: It, it is. It's me being crazy, but
0: yeah.
2: I also like
1: actors
0: <laughs> make music, so. You know? <laughs>
2: hey, there's a
1: there's a, there's a couple of really great ones out there.
2: There's like two, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Daniels and Steve Martin. Yep. Yep, there they are. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's i mean it's it's good to hear that it's easy to just kind of clock off and let it go i think it goes back to the method thing too you know some people just they hang on to it for why
0: like for fucking rest of why the day. Why?
1: Uh,
0: why like this is what i mean
2: <laughs> it that it's not it's a job it's an yeah. art form that is a career that you've chosen it's not like it's not good to be morbidly precious with it with anything you can be obsessed i'm obsessed with what i do i'm obsessed with knowing about it and learning about it and and learning about all the things that inform it um but that's pretty limitless so you know i feel like that's a healthier obsession because it's always new you're learning new things all the time you know and as someone who gets very burnt out on patterns, it's, I never get stuck in a pattern
0: with acting.
2: Um, and if I get stuck in a pattern anywhere else, it like freaks me out <laughs> I have to like eject. <laughs> so, and, and if I ever got to that point with acting, I would I would quit and do something else probably if it didn't hold any more mystery for me. But again, I don't know how that's possible because the width and breadth and depth of the human experience and the human condition is, is virtually limitless. I mean, as far as we know, yeah. I haven't reached a ceiling yet. <laughs> and, I, and I haven't heard any older actors say anything to that effect either. So
1: yeah, it's, it's yeah. never ending, especially with the amount of passion yeah. you have for it. I can only imagine mm-hmm. what crazy adventures you're going to have throughout your entire career i hope so
2: and and the thing is and this is actually a good thing to keep in mind for anyone who wants to get into acting that comes at a cost you sacrifice things to do that to live that way you know you miss a lot of stuff you miss a lot of stuff you miss fun stuff you miss life stuff you miss windows for life stuff like there, it, it, it's 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 fun and it's it's exhilarating and it's being you know being an adventurer is is great, but it comes at a price, you know, and you got to think about if that's a price you want to pay. Too there's no
0: like, oh I have it all I have this and I have that and I have this and then and I have everything I've ever <laughs>
2: There's no plateau. No. <laughs> you will never eventually reach a plateau. Um if if, if what you're motivated by is exploration. Yeah.
0: Oh you yeah. You know,
2: you could reach a plateau professionally where you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm 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 like a like a session musician." You know? I go to the studio, I lay down my tracks, I go home. I got it covered. I got my family. I got my this, this, and that's fine. And that's fine. Like that's fine. I don't begrudge anybody that it makes complete sense to me. There are even times that I think like, Oh, maybe it would have been nice to like go to college and meet a sweetheart and get married at 25 and have a family and have a nice job where I go during the day. And then I have my nights and weekends free and I can take my summers off and I can get drinks with the girls and I have income, steady income. Like I didn't start making adult money till a couple years ago. And when I say adult money, I mean money I can live on. Not like I'm not rolling in cash. Like I don't have to borrow money from people anymore.
1: Listener, (laughs) she's, she's eating a lot of caviar right now. I don't know if she's telling the truth about that.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> this no, is he... the
2: mother of pearl spoon. I wanted the abalone spoon. <laughs> they are not the same thing. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. you're you're exactly right. I, I'd say my 20s it's... were a blur. I did small things. I did a movie, and then ever since then, it yeah. was just work, 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 well, work. You know, trying to. And find the amount
2: stuff. of people who do get that, who do get the like, I made it at 20. I'm a Multi-millionaire at twenty-five, I got my husband and my kids and all the show. That is that many percentage of people who want to be actors. That's almost no one. Do not hope for that. Don't get into this hoping for that shit. Also, a lot of the time, those people have been doing it since they were six, and they've been in LA since they were six, and everybody knows them, and they've all been waiting for them to turn eighteen.
1: Yeah, I can't tell you like how many of us in Colorado, at least, if there's a SAG car commercial that comes in all of us are thinking, oh, that money would change our lives. Yeah, that yeah. would be fantastic. Uh, but luckily none of Financially us... Financially it mad. would. Yeah, like yeah. None of us ever really book it. It's somebody from LA that flies out to Colorado to do it or something.
0: Right. But, <laughs> yeah, it was the same in Vancouver. Really? All the projects
2: that came up to Vancouver, all the big parts were cast. You would get cast as, like, the friend or the grocery clerk or the driver or the bellman or... The doctor. The lawyer. You know what I mean? Like, all those parts were... I mean, they would still audition those parts, but they were already cast. Which is another thing that happens. Which, whatever, I'll go in there and do my thing. I'll present myself to the directors, and hopefully they'll keep me in mind for something else. But... Most of the time, it's like rock climbing. You gotta, like, oh, I'm here. You gotta find another hold. Oh, that's another one. Gotta turn this way.
1: Trying to navigate it.
2: Gotta hang upside down (laughs) for a really long time.
1: (laughs) A
0: really long time. And
2: and then eventually make it to the precipice.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah, that. (laughs) Maybe. There's no guarantee. There's no no guarantee. guarantee.
2: There's no like, Oh, I'm going to work my way up through the company. And one day I'll make yeah. partner. There's not, no, no. <laughs>
0: it can't work that way.
1: <laughs> it's uh Oh, maybe I won't have to, you know, wait tables by 40, but who knows? I don't know. But, uh, we'll, we'll work our asses off for the best, you know?
2: Well, and I was reading about, um, our illustrious union that, uh, when you retire, if you want to keep your health insurance, you still have to make a certain amount of money every year, what? even after you retire. Yeah. Now maybe someone will fact check that and be like, "Hey, that's not right," or there's an addendum that means blah blah blah. Yeah. But that's what I understood <laughs> when
1: I read it. That so like, oh yeah, my- you're
2: retired, but if you want health
0: care,
1: <laughs> need to make that twenty six thousand a year still. Make that- Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, yeah. well, let's just just—we're cool. all of us are going to start in OnlyFans and we're just going to whisper sounds. That's how we're going to save for retirement.
0: <laughs> ASMR OnlyFans. Yes. <laughs>
1: That's so funny. Well, with with all of that, um, you know, as we're gearing towards the end of this chat, which has been awesome. I don't want to take up your entire day. I feel like I could talk to you all day. But Dude, I, do no. to, I don't even
0: know what time it is.
1: It's. Oh, oh that well. sounds like bad. 1222 my time uh
2: yeah 1122
1: my time oh yeah i'm just gloating you have a whole nother hour of your day ahead of you uh (laughs) (laughs) what uh what can you pass on to our listeners as far as like advice goes so something that maybe you've held on to throughout your career or something that you fully believe in oh a lot um everything
2: yeah yeah um everything you've ever heard about la and hollywood is true Whatever it is, I don't even know what it is that you've heard, but it's true.
0: Um, <laughs> no one is in the business of making dreams come true. And no one has to do you any favors. No one owes you anything. Um,
2: that being said, you can always say no to anything. Never, ever worry about saying no. Even if it's, oh, but this is a big director, but this is a big casting director, but this is a big producer, but it's Harvey Weinstein. Doesn't matter, say no. If you don't feel comfortable, you say no. It no is not the door closing that you think it is. Sometimes you'll say no to stuff and people will respect you for it. For example, I said no to my very first professional audition in Vancouver. The very first professional audition I ever got was through an agent. He took a chance on me. And uh, he knew I hadn't really done anything. I'd done theater and that was it. And the reason I said no to it. And I talked to him about this. Is that it was um, for the part of a girl who gets fucked at a party. And the audition was going in and simulating an orgasm. Yeah. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, and I got in trouble, like he was calling me, he was like, what do you mean? Like, you have to, you can't just say no, like they're gonna be upset. And I was like, that's fine, I'm not doing that. Like, I can't do, I like, it's not even that I could do it, I just don't want to. I can't do it. Like, I can't go into a room and do that. That's for, and, and what's the payoff exactly? I get to get fucked at a party in a movie no thanks. <laughs> I don't yeah. want that on my resume. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't want it. I don't want the job. Tell them no thanks. Yeah.
0: yeah. Three weeks later, they brought me in for something else with lines. Hell I didn't yeah. get that, but they brought me in for it. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, that particular agent was kind of a scumbag. Like, Not, not, not a lecherous scumbag, but he was just like, just one of those people who doesn't really pay attention because they're too busy thinking about their own advancement
1: yeah thinking about money and what this is going to do well
2: well, the idea him giving me shit for this audition i said how could you even submit me for this i why would i ever want to do that i'm an actor
0: Yeah. (laughs) if they want someone to just pretend to have an orgasm hire a porn star where's the acting in that exactly yeah
2: yeah i I was i was so like so you can say no it's not gonna like just don't worry about it i actually um not to be so anecdotal uh so tell me if this gets tiresome but i was at a party once um that a friend of mine took me to and uh harvey weinstein was there and he said oh hey, that's Harvey Weinstein. Do you want to go and try and meet him? And I said, no, I don't. Because even me, fucking nobody, just moved to LA a year before. Even I knew what a scumbag predator that guy was. Because everybody knew. Everybody knew. Even people said they didn't know. They Yeah, oh my God. I, I did coke with him all through the 90s and I had no idea what he was really like. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Come on. <laughs> Give me a fucking break like it's, it's ridiculous yeah so it's it's not people like to make you think especially actors because we want it so bad because we would do it for free if we had to um we are so easy to take advantage of um and that lie is perpetrated not just in the industry but also in acting classes this idea of that commitment means there is nothing outside of acting and you do anything you can to make it in, to get in the room, To and you and you do have to get in the room. Once you get in the room, you're already at a new level. You got to get in the fucking room, but you have to do it. I mean, I think you should do it the right way. It's your life though, but um, oh God, I need to stop digressing so much. I keep losing my train of thought. But um,
1: <laughs> you'll you'll find it back. You'll find it's it back. So
2: bad. No, it's like a. I don't even know what it is.
0: I probably <laughs> need medication for it or something. But,
2: but but um, what the hell was I even talking about? What was I even saying? So like, just oh my god,
1: uh, How from, <laughs> It's just like I always think about the suits. Like this idea of of separating. The fact that this is a a job, you know, like this is, you're going at, this isn't your entire fucking life.
2: Right. And they'll, and they'll tell you like you have to do it because so many people want it and it's so competitive and there's so many people out there. There isn't a lot of competition. There's just a lot of people.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: That's it. There's a lot of bodies to wade through. That doesn't mean that they're your competition. They're just there. Mm. The rate of people who move to LA and then move out of LA in the next year or two is astounding. Like there's a constant rotation of people who think they want to be actors and they come here and they're like, "Oh, fuck this, this sucks. It's humiliating." And yeah. people aren't nice here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know I
1: mean? it's, it's not small town USA. <laughs>
2: right, exactly. So you do need to be committed. You do need, you do need to have ambition, but not be so blindly ambitious that you're willing to to compromise yourself for it Um, because you have to look at yourself in the mirror for the rest of your life and you're always gonna know and you're always gonna wonder was I good enough or is it because I compromised myself or is it because someone someone gave me this opportunity that I didn't earn you'll never know you'll never know when we talk about an imposter syndrome you'll get to a point even if even if even if you know you slept with someone and you got a part And that launched your career. And then you started getting better at acting. And maybe. That rarely happens. Especially once fame enters the picture. But maybe you do. You still won't know. You'll still never know. That that will never be quelled within you. And I've seen it happen to people. (laughs) And I've seen the kind of bitter, jealous monsters it turns them into. It's not worth it because life exists outside of acting we're just representing life you have to live a life in order to represent to know what it is that you're representing Hmm. so this idea of it's only acting acting is the only thing you read the books you go to class you watch the interviews you do all that and that is that is your life and nothing else matters i i heard one anecdote given in class about this guy who missed his own father's funeral because
0: he was on set yeah. And everyone's like, wow, that is such dedication. Fuck that.
1: No,
2: fuck that. No, I am not I missing my only father's funeral for a job, yeah. for a job. Fuck that. I'll break my contract. I'll break my contract. You can fucking sue me if you want to.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm not missing that's the only time you're ever going to be able to do that. You can do as many takes of something as you want, but I always thought that was such a weird anecdote. I'm like, did this guy hate his dad? Because that's the only thing that can justify that to me. Yeah. Like, oh no, I'm on set and everyone's counting on me. <laughs> like, what <laughs> this about is your family? My family. <laughs> is your family counting on you. Yeah. Right, but so it's this lie that's sold. Oh. And that's one of the reasons that sex is used as currency so much. Because like, I don't, I don't want to wait until I'm not hot anymore. I want to be famous now. You know I mean? <laughs> right. Because and that sorry. usually
1: works out, right?
2: <laughs> for a few years, it can for a few years. Yeah. But if you don't have the ability to touch people, the ability to, the ability to make people feel understood the ability to transport people somewhere you won't last no because ultimately that's what people want they want to be given an experience and if you can't give them an experience they don't want you (laughs) or if they don't like the experience and if you don't know enough about what you're trying to do to people like the the we make this stuff for audiences it's for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's to make. It's for all. It's for all of the the people who have the shittiest jobs and make absolute dick doing them, like nurses and teachers, and, I mean, people who uh, public defenders, people who have the most thankless fucking jobs and make no money for it. Like, we owe them a departure yes. from reality. <laughs> we owe them understanding we owe them revelation we owe them that that's our job that we owe to them now you can take so many avenues to do that but as long as that's the intention i don't know i just i feel like that's that's where it ought to be
0: you know yeah.
2: it's also why i find it very distasteful when i hear celebrities complain about anything at all
1: well and like you said audiences are not stupid they're incredibly smart and they can call bullshit a mile away so if you're not good at what you do and you're trying to put this on they'll ask for their money back
2: (laughs) yeah eventually you know unless it's young adult (laughs) entertainment true but that's always been the case
1: yeah you know
2: i mean like kids and teenagers are not looking for the same things that adults I mean I shouldn't again I'm speaking broadly that's not true for
0: everyone (laughs) that's for
2: every teenager you know like I as a teenager watched all kinds of movies that you know were probably not age appropriate (laughs) but I you know but I still was able to appreciate you know I saw like David Lynch's entire catalog and you know like it's 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 more just I'm and, and and I'm not even talking about the audience in this case I'm talking about the people who make the entertainment that's geared toward them and a lot of the shows I see the people who make entertainment geared towards kids and teenagers do think that they're mm. stupid and mm. a lot of the entertainment I see geared toward adults are made by people who think we're stupid and it's really um annoying yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. it's really annoying <laughs> um But there's all, but uh, I mean, uh, everything is different. now. How we watch things is different. You know, watching a movie was a community thing. Everyone will go to the movie theater together Mm -hmm. and they would watch something together and everyone would have to sit still quietly until the movie was done. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, That, I think that that did more for the fabric of society than we probably appreciate or realize this whole Honestly. like we'll all just hole up in our little cave and yeah. binge watch 10 episodes of something in <laughs> our little mm, 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 mm. i'm guilty of it too completely yeah. you know i will, I will happily. yes exactly well and 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 you know our survival instincts put again our ego <laughs> our survival instincts our ego helps us survive it pushes us towards comfort so the more readily available comfort is the more we will just keep pressing that good feeling button <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> and I, I, I try not to do that. I encourage other people not to do that. Life is not about being happy, you know? Yeah. Um, and even, and even the nature of happiness. I mean, what is that? Just a constant feeling of contentment all the time. Why don't we just go back to living in trees and mm-hmm eating nuts and bugs that we find and grooming each other why don't we just do that if we want to feel good all the time we can just go back to being gentle beasts of the forest you know our i actually another thing because i'm so glad that mental health is like a thing that people take seriously now because i find so many things are so helpful how
1: many centuries
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah seriously, but one of the things that I saw that someone wrote was that our our brains are designed to keep us alive. They're not designed to keep us happy. That's why we release bursts of endorphins, not constantly streaming endorphins. That's why we have a limited amount of serotonin. that's um, you know, but so it's it's the idea of being challenged, I think, is something that's become distasteful to people, but it's so, so important for anyone's development in anything. Adversity is so important. Overcoming things is so important. It's called a fool's paradise for a reason. You know, it's not, <laughs> like there are, I mean, there are a lot of people who are much happier than I am. Um, and, you know, that's great, but I also wouldn't be satisfied With the same things that they're satisfied with
0: true and again
2: that's not like a a, it's not an elitist thing because again more power to you if you can find a place where you are at peace great but i saw this quote once on a on a buddhist temple and in thailand and it said how joyful i am to learn that there is no such thing as happiness and oh my god, I read that and I was like, wow, like the pressure is off. Like I don't have to. Yeah. Like, like, isn't it funny that anytime you see someone talking about mindfulness or there's an article in a in a magazine about mindfulness, it's always someone who's like
1: <laughs> they just have this a smile of terror. <laughs> this
0: yeah, or it's just like this is yeah. what I'm supporting. Just bliss, kind of living
2: in bliss. I don't think that that's honest, also, yeah, another thing I love about sort of Eastern philosophy, um like Taoism or Buddhism, is that it is about that suffering is part of life. like like stoicism, same thing. Mm-hmm. You must embrace tragedy. You must embrace suffering. Not that you should suffer on purpose, but that you should recognize that it's, it's inevitable. Yeah. Suffering is inevitable. I mean, and I feel like, I don't know, I, I I feel like just as a person, I've always kind of been a natural stoic, not that I haven't had my, you know, my (laughs) emotional breakdowns and such and such, (laughs) but you know, you do kind of have to understand that. Everything is fleeting, including happiness, including moments of being happy. You know,
0: yeah, the,
2: the more important than finding happiness, I think, is finding a purpose. And um, if anyone out there is wondering, a really great book uh, for this is a book called um, Man's Search for Meaning. And it's by I a that, yeah. uh, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's short. It's it's like, you know, that thick. and. It's written by a man named Viktor Frankl, Victor with a K. And he was an Auschwitz survivor, lost his entire family, including his pregnant wife, who was only 23, um, at, uh, I think, Dachau and then mm. Auschwitz. And he, um, he had written a manuscript outlining a, a, a type of therapy he was developing called logotherapy. And he brought the manuscript with him sewn into the lining of his coat pocket. And his coat was taken and burned. So his whole manuscript went up in flames. So for the rest of his years, years, at these concentration camps, he rewrote it on little pieces of scrap paper and cloth and added to it and kept and hid them. And that was how he wrote this fucking book. And... Even when you read the book, he talks about his time in the in the concentration camp, but only in as much as it serves to illustrate the type of therapy he developed because his 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 thesis is that man, as opposed to being motivated by love or a need for love like Freud had supposed um that man is instead motivated by a need of a need for purpose, a need to have purpose in their life um. And so uh, logotherapy is very interesting because it's about practicing resilience, about fortifying yourself, about becoming a resilient person. And I'll fucking tell you what, if you want to get into this industry and you aren't related to or dating anybody, you are going to have to be very resilient. You are going to have to have some serious fortitude and a very thick skin You are going to have to know how to pick your head up every day, even when it, even when it, the world is crashing down around you. Um, So I recommend that. I recommend, um, I recommend meditations,
0: Marcus Aurelius. Um, And uh, I don't know. I think that, that philosophically those are
2: good places to start on this crazy journey. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I I don't, I don't want to sound so, I don't, I don't want to sound like such a Cassandra about this, but because I really do love it. I mean, I'm obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) It's the most exhilarating, fulfilling feeling when you actually are on set and you actually are doing it. Yeah, there is no feeling like it, even if, even if you're miserable in between takes, you know, between cut and action, you're just like, fuck, I hate this. I hate every goddamn person on this set. I just want everyone to die. And then action and you go and do your thing and then and then it's like ah everything makes sense but I haven't I mean I've been very lucky I haven't been on a lot of sets that sucked I've been on some really nice ones so
1: (laughs) it's uh it's a feeling that I can't even begin to to describe to like even members of my family that would ask me about like what's it like being on set and you just you don't know how to properly convey to them how Great you feel being there even like you said, it's three yeah. in the morning, you're exhausted, you're like injured yeah. maybe from a stunt or something, but you're just you yeah. maybe you it. and the
2: director are starting to snipe at each other. yeah <laughs> But then at the end of the at, at the end of the night, I love you, I love you, brother. Exactly. Yeah, I love you, man. See you tomorrow.
1: Yeah, exactly. You got uh six a.m. call time. Yeah, it's five thirty. Yeah, think,
0: yeah, I'll see fuck you you.
1: Yes. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> non union. Um,
0: union. God, never I, uh, even.
1: No, I I love uh, everything you encapsulated into the advice also goes with, you know, like the shout outs and the promotions that we have in this episode for people who are looking for, you know, other things that fill their their mind and really embrace this crazy job that we've decided to pursue as a career Um, because, you know, it's it's arduous, but it's far from the hardest job on the planet.
0: God no. Oh no no no.
1: <laughs> it's it's just <laughs> no like you said, resilience especially. Yeah. The
0: hardest part
2: <laughs> is surviving while you try to book work. Yeah. And and booking the actual work, getting into a room where you can book work. <laughs> Those are the hardest parts. Like even on set, no matter how hard. Like there are days where, like, all right, we're doing a bunch of stunts in a bathroom where the pipe broke. So you guys are getting rained on with freezing cold water, and you're fighting in the bathtub. And no, we didn't heat up the water because we forgot. So (laughs) you know, I mean, we could get you an extra pair of pants if you. That kind of shit, and I, and you know, and you got cramps, and you, you know, all this stuff. Oh, I cricked my neck, whatever. Even
0: that, that's still not, like, that's still not, you know, being a social worker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: There's not, like, there is not nearly as much responsibility or accountability than there is in, in a job like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, 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 it's, and, and also, there's an excitement to our job. <laughs> You know, it's, it changes all the time. There's variety to it. It's not the same office every day, the same filing cabinet, the same Windows processor, the same fucking HR department, the same goddamn admin who's on Facebook all day. It's not. <laughs> it's change, it, it change, and you can travel and you can, you know, meet interesting people. And, you know, it's 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 a higher risk, higher reward career. Now, you will... Not make any money for 10 years, <laughs> so there's that trade off. I have slept <laughs> in my car, I have slept on people's floors, you know, and it happens, <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's uh, uh, was it Brian dennehy It's like, if you could do anything else in the world, go it. like, go do yeah, don't even. Yeah. Take a step. You know, (laughs) just go do this.
2: If there's anything else that you would like to do, do if you like doing anything else, go do that instead. Yeah,
0: yeah. uh, Yeah,
1: I I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Uh, I know you. You can't either. I I will say I feel closer to you than you know most people because you did grow up absorbing all of this media and absorbing all of this art, and that grew into this obsession uh that you have for the art itself. I mean, as you can see by my very, you know, adult oriented um <laughs> background here for the po- yeah, I'm a grown ass man. Uh, yes. <laughs> 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 Although I do love this.
2: the Rocketeer poster. I still love
0: that movie. Ah,
1: oh, I I'm a ob- classic speaking of obsessions. It's it's yeah. Uh that's oh, yeah. definitely mine. But um I I, I do want to say like I've had just an incredible time talking to you, hearing about not only your thank story, you. but like your, your thoughts, man. Like what, what you have <laughs> going on internally is so close to what <laughs> all of us are also going through of just, does anyone else see this shit? Like that kind of level of, of yeah. observance. It's, it's very well, comforting thank you. to
0: me. <laughs> I appreciate
2: that. Cause that's, that's our job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is to
2: Do that. that yeah. Exactly
1: um yeah
2: i'm so glad yeah to hear
1: that. i i do want to to have you back at some point you know down the road like um yeah. i'd figure you know i'm manifesting it here i'll see you on set at some point in the future uh we'll, we'll that would be together. awesome you'll probably end up like shooting me and i'm some zombie thing but uh <laughs>
2: i'll try i'll try and make sure that they give you some lines
1: yes Yes. No matter what. Hey, I'm getting there in the co-star world, man. I'm getting so close. uh Just the to, ball, to the dude, to the name man,
2: stuff, man. I'm gonna be your supporting mate.
1: Hey, we'll we'll support each other. That's that's what's gonna happen. I there we go. I have one more thing. <laughs> one more thing before we stop. Be, Please. And it's it's something I'm I love doing, especially knowing that you've seen the fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> no one else has seen it. I've talked to so many people. Maybe 20% have seen it, but going back to Wayne's world, I have an awkward goodbye. I like to do for the end Beach each recording. Uh, so, you know, that scene where Wayne leaves the newly, you know, constructed set, he's over with it. He, he walks off and Garth is left by himself. Well, I'm going to give you a countdown three, two, one. And when I point, give me your best verbal, like Garth based awkward goodbye. And I'll stop the recording from there.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm ready.
1: <laughs> okay, buddy. Here we go. In okay. three.
0: I'm having a good time. Not